The cobbled streets are deserted, and night has drawn a veil over the surrounding volcanoes. The Spanish colonial architecture is lit here and there by isolated street lamps. The air is warm, heavy with the scent of flowers, and with just a hint of the chill to come in the early hours of the morning. A lone person returns home along the street, staggering just slightly under the influence of alcohol. He hears a clatter of hooves from a nearby alley and looks up in surprise. Two fiery red discs glare at him malevolently from the shadows, and the darkness seems to congeal into a black mass that slinks forward into the dim light of the nearest street lamp. It is revealed as an enormous black dog with long shaggy fur hanging in matted tangles, its legs terminating in the cloven hooves of a goat. Its eyes burn furiously like the fires of hell and the flames flicker from its muzzle as it draws near. A heavy chain drags over the cobbles hanging from the unnatural beast's neck. The lonely traveler is not so drunk as to forget what his grandfather told him. He draws his dagger from his belt and carves the sign of the cross into the air whilst uttering a quick prayer. The sinister shape lets out an angry, blood-chilling howl. dissolves into the shadows from whence it came. This is Monstras. everyone and welcome to another episode of Monstras. So today we will be talking about one of my favorite topics, a Central American and South American creature, el cadejo. So I'm so excited to be talking about something from my parents' home country, the land of pupusas and cadejos apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And if for all of you listeners who have not had a pupusa, please stop listening to us Look up on Yelp the best pupusería you can find in your area and go have one. I actually recently took my, um, whatchamacallits, I have uh, one Japanese exchange student and she brought her friend. I took them to pupusas and they loved That's it. That's so cool. See, this, this is really depressing because if I look up pupusas, the closest place is probably two hours away. So. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Because there's nothing here. Where are you again now? You're always in a different place every time. I'm in New Hampshire. I'm still in New Hampshire. Last time I was here, so I'm still here. Okay. But a friend, a friend uh, is from El Salvador and he and his partner showed us how to make them. So that was fun. Yeah. (gasps) I also, I accidentally set one on fire (laughs) once. Yeah, it wasn't cool. (laughs) I don't know how I did it. I was very young. Uh, But I wanted to introduce, you know, myself. I'm Brenda Salguero, uh, one of your hosts. And 
also my co-host or our host of second host <laughs> god i can never like figure out what to call it. god damn it it's like co-host isn't to me good enough no. you know what i mean like you're just like you're the you're you're like the other half you're like the <laughs> oreo you know you have an oreo and then i'm one of the sides of the oreos and then you're the other side of what's the, the oreo. filling what the, i don't know who <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the filling is the content um, well, the monsters are the know. filling yes the monsters are the filling so you're so the other half of my oreo you can introduce <laughs> here is orquídea, orquídea morales <laughs> <laughs> the other my other half oreo um anyways so uh going back to the topic at hand about Cadena. yeah so, i've never heard about them before orquídea. um so can you tell us about el cadejo i you were, you introduced me to it, honestly. Yes. Yes. So I'm the one who kind of told Orkidia about this. So I I actually grew up with this story. So my father would tell me about this spirit dog that would protect you when you went out uh, late at night. That he would stick by your side. And as long as you did not touch him, no one. So as long as you did not touch him, they would not attack you. They would always just stick by your side. And he had these glowing red eyes, and it was it was like a black, black dog. And so no one in my family ever encountered them. I know that we've my fa- some of my family members have encountered other spirits, but not this one in particular. Uh, I think my dad was actually particularly fond of this legend because he and my family, like all of our family members, love dogs. We all are huge, huge dog lovers. Aww. I don't know if I would I be know, a fan of this dogs. dog, have... though. <laughs> this dog, well, let's talk about how it looks, because I, I kind of touched yeah. on it a little bit. And we, so one of the sources we used was the website Leyendas Urbanas. Um, and it said how the Cadejo exists in Latin America, throughout Latin America, and that each country has different versions of El Cadejo. I don't, I never heard about it in Mexico, but I don't know if maybe in like su- central or southern Mexico it's a thing. Uh, what does El Cadejo look like? So overall, El Cadejo appears to those traveling at night as like a big black dog with fire red eyes and huge teeth. It's supposed, according to my dad, it was supposed to be pretty large. And in some versions of, in some versions of the story, the creature also actually has hooves instead of paws, kind of giving it like kind of a a otherworldly quality. So you couldn't mistake it for... Un, just a mangy yeah. ass dog <laughs> you encountered well, in the streets. That also makes me <laughs> think of um, the movie The Witch with Philip the Goat. Or okay, I've never it's heard a movie it. called The Witch. It's all right, but the whole <laughs> the whole <laughs> idea is that uh, the goat is connected to the devil, right? So you know that someone's the devil if they have hoofs. Oh, so see, yeah, that's kind of what I thought of when I heard that this had hooves, because I've never heard of it having hooves. And every other interpretation that I heard of as a child, it always had paws. It looked exactly almost like a dog, except for its glowing red eyes and the fact that it okay. would just follow you. And and then you would you would know as as someone who grew up in that country, you would know exactly what who this dog was 
and uh, what was what it was okay. there for. So I was also reading that he comes out at night to scare, attack, kill people, especially if you're immoral. That's what kept coming up in the folklore. Like, if you're immoral, you should be scared. If you're not, then you shouldn't be scared. So I feel like I'm all right. Like, I should be safe, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, well, I'm kidding. Um, It's, it's, I think by immoral, from what I was reading, it meant like it had the implication of prostitute. Like if you were, so basically as the implication, the implication was that if you were a woman who was out at night, you probably were immoral as opposed to a man who might just be, you know, drunk, a little borrachito. Uh, a lot of them were obsessed with this idea of like, oh, he'd protect you if you're a drunk. For some reason, I guess the dog likes drunks and people who were working. So if you're a man, you might be coming home late at night from work. And so the dog would actually protect you from that. In other versions, I read also that the dog actually protects the innocent, especially children. On top of that, in some versions, if you encounter El Cadejo, you cannot actually make eye contact with it. So like what my dad would say is like you couldn't touch it he i don't think i don't remember if he mentioned the eye contact but if you do make eye contact with it it will paralyze you and steal your soul that's pretty evil of them yeah i it's not it kind of there's different versions again one of them is kind of more of a protector and we'll get into now the more evil version that exists of yeah i was reading an article about el cadejo in costa rica by Alexander Sanchez Mora, and he describes it as looking like a, uh, and I'll do the Spanish and then I'll translate. So it's a, <laughs> so it's a perro negro de gran tamaño, ojos brillantes, que arrastra cadenas y que durante las noches aparece en sitios solitarios a los juerguistas para atemorizarlos y motivarlos a enmendar su comportamiento. So it's a big black dog with shiny eyes that drags chains. So I think that's a new one. Yes. And that, yeah, that's yeah. a new addition. So I don't know if that's specific to Costa Rica. Uh. It might be. I was reading some other versions, and yeah, there, there's there's a lot of them that mention chains, but not in El Salvador, okay. I don't think. So he, he has dragging chains, and at night he comes out in like empty, solitary spaces to uh, scare people that are out having fun, drinking, you know, being losers. To... <laughs> <laughs> out of their house they shouldn't be yeah. out of their house at night how dare Why you, you how dare time, you it's you know? past 9 p.m how, how dare you <laughs> go back home <laughs> you better go home that's what the cadejo is doing it's going it's 9 p.m your mom's worried go back home you know shape up that's that's what the article said shape up <laughs> Exactly. Get get your ass home. Get yeah. your ass in bed. But you you had mentioned that there's some that help like children. So are there different types of cadejos? Are they good? Are they bad? There are definitely. So in the version that comes from El Salvador and Honduras, el cadejo actually protects you. So in the version that my dad would tell me, the cadejo protects you. El Salvador specifically says that God actually first created the white dog in order to protect. So my dad never actually told me about the white dog version. He only told me about the black dog. It's like he merged both versions okay. into one. I don't know. It, it's been a while since I talked to him about it. I should probably just call <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, you should. Why didn't you do that before we recorded? <laughs> I just. I'm lazy. I love that. So, anyways, 
In El Salvador, it says that God created first a white dog in order to protect. So the white dog is the one that protects. But as usual, Satan didn't like that imbalance, and so he created the black dog. So a major difference uh, from other legends is that the black dog actually will attack anyone that crosses its path, not just immoral people. That dog is actually evil and just doesn't care who it encounters their dog meat. And I know you wrote that. I know you wrote that. And I was like, how dare you write their dog meat? Is that a pun? I think you wrote that. That was in our notes. Yeah, you wrote that. Oh, fuck. I was blaming no. you this entire time. It was me. Oh, my I God. Think we, so we oh. should say this. We started working on this episode months ago when we first started the podcast. So this was one of the first ones that we kind of started putting down on paper. And we were like, we're going to do this at some point, And we just never did it. So I think some of the notes <laughs> in here are yours. And you just don't remember because it was months ago. But yeah, that's you. I... <laughs> I god damn it so it's such a bad thing god why did I write that I don't I don't remember writing that to the point where I blamed you and I mean usually you would be right I write horrible things yeah yeah oh god okay well forgive me I hope El Cadejo doesn't fucking turn you into dog meat for doing this turn me into dog meat for for writing this terrible thing so anyways the black dog will also pursue its victims so not only is the black dog like i'm attack anybody it will hunt you down and pursue you and then paralyze you with its bright red eyes and snatch your soul away and fyi god spelled what backwards is dog and i know you wrote this i know you wrote this didn't you no i wrote this oh my god I did. I think I wrote this. You did. I, I did not. I wouldn't bring God into this. I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How do I forget all everything I've written? Anyways. I didn't write it. Maybe the Cadejo wrote it. <laughs> I was just about to play the Cadejo too. You read my mind. So now... We have two dogs. So we have a white dog and a black dog. And both are just out at night looking for people either to protect or to hurt them. What happens if those two dogs ever meet? Well, if you ever encounter the white or black dog, at the same time, they will fight each other. Which actually gives anyone within the vicinity the chance to flee from the scene. Kind of like a little dog fight club. Yeah. It's kind of actually something I used to do in video games. So I would actually... <laughs> you would have a dog fight club? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have a dog fight club. What I would do is I would... um In Fallout 4, I would shoot one animal, like one big creature, like something that's terrifyingly uh, evil or, or mean. Something big. And then I would be... And then I would like rocket ship myself up onto like a high surface. Mm-hmm. Hide. And then I would kind of entice it to come near me to attack this other creature. Because whenever they would encounter each other, they'd attack each other. So I had a real, I spent so many hours, wasted, wasted productive hours on that game, just trying to get creatures to attack each other. I mean, it sounds like fun. You learned some life skills there, some strategy. (laughs) I mean, I would actually, might be tempted to do something like roam around the streets at night in El Salvador looking for this white and black dog and like trying to like get them to meet 
and then fight. So so if I can call, if I see the black dog, I can call the white dog. Like, does it have a, a specific call I can use or like something? I feel like that sounds like you're trying to make it into a Pokemon. And I don't think it works that way. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. But I, I think I would probably die if I actually went through my plan and um, started roaming around the streets at night. And it wouldn't even be a cadejo that would kill me. No, It'd probably be somebody else. <laughs> but anyways, let's go back. I kind of want to talk about the origins. Of where this legend came from. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah. So according to Leyendas Urbanas, El Cadejo comes from the Mesoamerican belief in the Nahual, who were spirit animals that protected people from birth. So we each are born with a Nahual. In Mexico and in Central America, there's also the legend of the Choloitzquintle, which is a type of dog that accompanies spirits to underworld when they passed away. So this is a real dog too. Like it's, it's the hairless, a hairless dog. Um, so people have watched the movie Coco. It's the Dante character in it. Yeah. And then they're short in the name for that. Cause I can't say that name. The short version of that name is, uh, Sholo, right? Sholo. Jolo? Mm-hmm. Sholo. Sholo. So then this legend actually transformed itself with the arrival of the Spanish who brought with them tales of ghost dogs and the association of evil with black, and therefore with black dogs. So along with the idea of good and evil in Christianity, as in you have a good angel and the devil, who is a fallen angel or bad angel, along with the belief of divine punishment. They basically brought in the idea of dichotomies. Also, there is some debate as to the origin of the Cadejo's name. As we mentioned before, in some versions, like the Cadejo has like these chains in spanish uh, a chain is called a cadena although this article written by simon borchell says that it is unlikely that's what the origin is like the cadena cadejo they're just, it's just a coincidence that it sounds similar instead he proposes another theory that was actually first proposed by lara figueroa who says that i quote comes from cadillo o cadejo no, I said Cadejillo. Thank you. I said this earlier and now I, whatever, <laughs> comes from Cadillo o Cadejo, which means lock of tangled hair, tangle or braiding, presumably referring to its shaggy appearance. So that dog, those dogs need a bath. Someone needs to give that <laughs> bath and some tangle free like shampoo, something. Maybe that's why they're so angry. Folks are going around calling them like shaggy dogs. And they're like, what the hell? This is like my nice, lustrous black hair. I know. It's it's racist. I'm going to kill you. It's racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> racist against natural hair. Um. <laughs> but it was really cool. Um, so, of course, the internet is a wonderful place. And we were doing some digging about El Cadejo and cultural productions. And I found the work of Jose Ulloa. Uh, and the folks at Chaos Comics. So it's like K-O-Z in Costa Rica. Um, and they have a character, Cadejos, with a K oh. in the comics. Which is, it looks really cool. And it looks like a weird dog-human mixture. Oh. So it could be like a werewolf almost. Or a furry. Or a furry. I didn't even think <laughs> of that. 
Oh. Yeah. I'm disturbed now. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. It kind of does look like a furry. Ah, shit. But a, <laughs> a very cool one. <laughs> I don't know if that makes a difference. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, furries are cool. They're fine. Too. They're fine. Furries yeah. are people. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not technically... They, they don't want to be people. It's not the... That's... Point? No, they... You know, I don't speak for the furry community. I don't okay. know anything about furry. Let's go back to the Kaleho. Let's go, just go back into the Kaleho. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but Jose Ulloa also has a movie called um, Kadejos. It came out in 2010, and it's like a short movie. Uh, it's available on Vimeo, and we can share the link. But it's about this young woman. Her name's Tiffany, because it's in Spanish. Oh, so it's Tiffany. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she gets possessed by La Cegua, which is another creature that we kind of have talked about, uh, <clears throat> but not directly. So she's a woman that looks beautiful and seduces men, but then she turns ugly and kills them. And she's the one that has like a horse face. Yes, which, I like her. Yeah, the drawings of her are so cool. In the movie, she doesn't technically have a horse face, but she does change from like beautiful and seductive to like almost like a skull thing. Oh, I like the horse face better. I do too, but in the in the movie she fights with El Cadejo, and it's really cool. It's really fascinating, and it's live action, so it's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't have a chance to look at it. I have to watch it probably afterwards. But that sounds horrifying. I don't even know how you would fight El Cadejo, like a a a segua. How the segua would actually fight the Cadejo? So I'm curious to see how how it looks. Well, because it's live action and because the Cadejo in like the universe that they created is inspired by um, superheroes, it's a guy. It's like a guy that is looks like a dog. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. That's right. That's right. We were just talking about furries. I got distracted by the furries. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So it's a... F- so he has like ears oh, uh, and makeup. I see. Uh, yeah. I see where this is going. Okay. So it's it's cool. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, and in the com- the comic, they also bring in the god Anubis. So that was cool. Oh, so the connection to Anubis in the Cadejos, with a K, mythology, got us thinking about dog legends from around the world. So why don't we start with Anubis? Because that's, again, that's a human kind of man-ish guy, right? Anubis is a man yeah. with a jackal head, an ancient Egyptian side as the god of embalming and the dead so we see some similarities in that both have a have like a connection with the death with life and death and there's also the cholotl which is what we were talking about uh so according to steven smith the cholotl is a mexica deity or god that has different meanings but some translated to dog beast or monster and it was really weird so this article that was reading was about um Mm -hmm the monstrous twins and how twins are monstrous in certain mythology which i feel bad for twins yeah Yeah. it was really interesting but it turns out that cholotl is patron saint of twins too Hmm. Uh, and he's represented as the crossroads of fate it's pointing in all directions if you look at the the way it's portrayed Mm -hmm. in mexica mythology and again it's represented with a human body and a dog head yeah and his job or one of his jobs was to guard the dog the sun to the underworld every night. So when the sun sets, 
it supposedly goes to the underworld and the Xolotl will go with it to make sure it rises the next day. Oh, so it just barks at the at the sun until it, it leaves? I don't know. Or it's like barking at... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, how else <laughs> would you make the sun leave, go anywhere? It's just you have to bark at it. Yeah, it's just like, wake up, sun. It's time to wake yeah. up. The sun starts going. And that's where the, the dog, the Choloi Quintle, got its name. Mm, or Cholo. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the dog actually almost became extinct, extinct right after colonization because the Spaniards ate it, which I thought was cool. <laughs> weird. I thought it was weird. There's a better like, word for that. The Spaniards. <laughs> I... So this dog almost became extinct because pe- folks were eating it, but also they were killing it because they were like, oh, these indigenous folks are using it in their religious practices. They think it's a god. Let's get rid of it and we'll get rid of the religion. So they were doing both, which is weird, it's right? It's so weird. It's, so, it's fucking Spaniards. They're so fucking stupid. Anyways, so <laughs> no, what what actually I was reading also is that the Xolo dog also uh, was eaten by indigenous communities as well, just not with the intent of creating, you know, making it extinct. Luckily, though, this dog did not go extinct. Another interesting thing I found about the Xolo, because I love dogs again, it was, as I mentioned, actually, we did talk about the Xolo in a different uh, episode. I don't remember what episode. Uh, Probably Day of the Dead. Yeah, I think Day of the Dead. So they were actually often buried. They were sacrificed uh, and buried in and found in tombs of the Colima, the Maya, Aztec, uh, Zapotec, and as far fa- as far back as the Toltec. So this dog has been around for a while because the Toltec is, is a pretty old civilization. It predated the Maya and the Aztecs. So, and again, you can see how having them buried kind of like cats in Egypt, they were supposed to be guides, they were supposed to help you, they were supposed to protect you in the underworld and in the afterlife, which is, I think, mm-hmm. is so cool. Yeah, and it sounds like what El Cadejo is doing, one is guiding you to death and the other one's trying to keep you alive. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's, but I, I, I find it interesting how colonization kind of, again, swooped in and changed the meaning of this dog and split it almost into two because yeah. christianity is so about dichotomies like oh it has there has to be if there's a good there's an evil if there's you know a fart there's no fart there's like all these dichotomies <laughs> <laughs> that's the only that's the only other example i could think of oh uh- <laughs> my god <laughs> Can, can we live in a world where there's farts and no farts at the same time? Why do we have to keep them apart? <laughs> God. What is it? Schrodinger's cat? Is is there a fart? Isn't there? Is the fart alive or not? Yeah, exactly. We'll never, we'll know. never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. But <laughs> anyways, it's that it's that dichotomy that the Spaniards brought, but also mass genocide and extinction. So besides those things, you know, oh, good old Spaniards. Anyways, I also wanted to kind of touch on some interesting random facts that I have and stories uh, that I found online about encounters with Cadejos. So one interesting fact, actually, before I get into the encounters section, is that this is a very delicious fact. There's a brew pub in El Salvador inspired and named after El Cadejo. So I'll post a link to it also in the podcast description um, show notes, but also I'll throw it on Twitter as well and on the Facebook page. But 
I think that's so cool. I really, really, we should take a field trip at some point. I know. We should take this show on the road. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's something dumb I would write. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'm sorry I blamed you for all the stupid shit I clearly wrote. Oh, man. Dog has got backwards. God, why did I say that? Anyways, whatever. That was me of the past. So this brew, I I really want to go to this brew pub so bad the logo is really cool it's just like the picture of the dog and then the the i think it has like some sort of date and then it has the uh name of the brewery el cadejo or cadejo it's okay i really kind of want to find the beer though itself i wonder if they actually export it up here i'll have to talk to my friend and see uh if we can get it or if i if there's any way we can get it shipped up here That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. See, that would be cool. You know what? I'm gonna check if they if they mail. I don't know how. Next for the next episode, we can do a tasting. Yeah, we can do a tasting. Oh shit! All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I'll I'll research that and see if I can actually order it. So, I wanted to say some. I wanted actually to go over some of the stories that I found about El Cadejo and if the encounters people have had with the Cadejo. So, again, in this uh, article that I found written by Simon Burchell and Lara Figueroa, well, I think he mentions Lara Figueroa. He didn't write it. But let me see. And I guess the Lara Figueroa is a Guatemalan folklorist. So he has documented a lot of these uh, legends of Guatemala specifically. So let me see which one I was thinking of saying. So I guess there's a very, very famous one. A very famous and classic account uh, by Rolando Marroquin, a 29-year-old secondary school inspector from Santa Catarina district of Guatemala City that comes from, that happened to him in November 1967. Um, Oh, actually, no, that was recorded in November 1967, but actually took place possibly between 1910 and 1920. It has appeared on numerous Central American websites and seems to have taken a life of its own. And so Marroquin recounted how one night when he was a student, his grandfather had an encounter with a cadejo when he was returning home from uh, to the Callejón de Huérfanas, from the Cerrito del Carmen district of Guatemala City. So apparently this neighborhood has a really strong, like, black dog tradition. So they have a lot of tales of El Cadejo. So, you know, him and his friends are making their way, making their way home. And one by one, they all kind of separate. As they were passing the paddock of Corona, near the Isabel La Católica Park, they, where they actually encountered an enormous fiery-eyed black dog with goat's hooves instead of paws, and it be- appeared to kind of start following them. So, of course, noticing this big-ass dog with hooves, the boys started to speed up their pace, but the black dog continued hard on their heels until only his grandfather and one friend remained. So I guess the other dudes just bailed. Um, I don't blame them. When they got to his last remaining friend's house in the Callejón de Dolores, they were both exhausted and entered. 
the dog tried to force its way under the door until it's his friend's mother went out and made the sign of the cross with a crucifix. And that's when the black dog disappeared. Is that crazy? That's so cool. I need to read this book. So the title of the book is Phantom Black Dogs in Latin America. It came out in 2007. And yeah, I I love there was one description that has that says that the Cadejo had eyes like tortillas. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's so funny. There's this other one that's really short. So another informant from Guatemala City, he's a 54-year-old archivist named uh, Augusto Caravantes, who told Figueroa how one day he was kind of like, he was just making his way downtown, walking fast past the cemetery. Anyways, I'll stop singing that. I cannot believe you did that. <laughs> ah, okay, I need to stop. Um, being a ridiculous person so he was walking past the cemetery and this great black shaggy dog appeared and threw him to the ground so it tore his jacket which he ended up keeping to prove that he was not lying that this happened so apparently this is not the most convincing of cases because it is briefly told and really might actually just be a regular dog just attacking some dude (laughs) I was about to say, like, I still don't understand how you know the difference between a regular dog and a cadejo other than the red eyes. And by the end of it, you're missing your soul. Yeah, exactly. Is that the main difference? That's that's what changes things. Okay. And so, so apparently Caravantes, who is the um, Agosto Caravantes, I said his name wrong. Agosto Caravantes, you know, clearly actually believed he was assaulted by a supernatural being. Who knows? That's creepy. It's very creepy. The other story in here that I was actually fascinated by, it's the last one that I'm going to kind of go over, is it comes from, again, Guatemala. And it happened on a plantation called Los Tarros near Santa Lucia. Oh, I can't say that. Cotsul Malguapa. Let's see. So the plantations are are kind of on a Pacific coastal plain an area of low foothills rising to the towering mass of Sierra Madre, and it's dominated by a spectacular chain of volcanoes in various states of activity. This guy named Rafael Paredes, he's 45, he's a 45-year-old farmer, and he said the following events happened to his colleague when he was a boy. It probably happened around the 1950s or earlier. His friend was playing with some friends in an area above the fields of the plantation, And it was already dark when he went home. So on his way, he had to cross a bridge over an irrigation ditch. In the middle of the bridge, he saw two great burning lights like eyes of an animal. He realized it was La Cadejo looking at him and decided to throw some stones at it. Damn. The Cadejo attacked him. So he used his hat to cover its face, gaining enough time to cross the bridge. He ran home with the Cadejo in pursuit. Afterwards, the Cadejo used to appear below the boy's bed after dark watching him. Wow. So Rafael, I guess, uh, finished by saying the story that the Cadejo is an evil person, evil spirit that reads a person's thoughts in order to overcome him. So a little bit of the variation of the hypnotizing. It's Now yeah. it's a fucking telepathic dog. I think that's the worst, the fact that it's hiding under your bed. Just watching you. Like, what does it want? I know. I'm like, damn. Well, clearly it's hit the little boy's soul. 
poor kid. I know. That was really interesting. So those are kind of some of the stories that uh, this book really has. And there's a ton more stories in here about Cadejos. And it's just a very fascinating book. Highly recommend reading it. It's just online. I just found it. Last but not least, we wanted to end on a really weird story that could be an inspiration for another episode. Orquídea specifically actually found this article from the Washington Post titled, Did Argentina's, Argentina's President Adopt a Jewish Boy to Save Him from a Life as a Werewolf? So weird. Yeah. And it's by Ishan Tharor. Thar- I think Tharor. So... so that's the weirdest headline ever. So it turns out the answer is yes and no. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So this took place in 2014 when the president, when President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, is Kirchner, de Kirchner. What the hell is this name? I don't understand this name. There's too many languages in this name. I hate it. <laughs> That's what that is. Jesus Christ! It took me. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, this lady, Fernandez, uh, adopted a godson. So it turns out that there is a tradition in Argentina that the seventh son or daughter is eligible, eligible to be the godson or goddaughter. Until that year, all godchildren had been Catholic, so this was the first time a godchild was Jewish. He was also not a boy. He was like 21 years old. So, wow, he was not at all a boy. Yeah, I know. And it's really... When I saw that headline, I was like, what the hell are they doing in Argentina? This is awesome. I was really excited. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go to Argentina. But then it turns out it's just like a tradition that they, they do that. But the reason that they thought it was related to werewolf is because there is the legend of a werewolf. It's called El Lovison in Argentina. Mm. <clears throat> and the idea is that the seventh son of a family will turn into a werewolf on their 13th birthday. birthday. Oh. So it only affects men for whatever reason. So when the article first came out, journalists were saying that the tradition to make the seventh child a godson or goddaughter was born out of that myth. So to protect them from becoming a werewolf. Oh. Yeah. But then um, historian Daniel Balmaceda was saying that the tradition was actually born in 1907 when two Russian immigrants asked the president to become godfather of their seventh son, since this was a tradition in Russia. So they brought that tradition from Russia. But I still think, like, maybe they did that in Russia because of werewolves. So I'm not going to just I'm not going to say it's not werewolves. Honestly, this story, because it has the Jewish element, reminds me of that terrible song from 30 Rock. Werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary. Men becoming, what was it? Men becoming wolves. No, I don't even remember the rest of it. It's so good, though. It's werewolves for mitzvah, spooky, scary. It's so good. It's so good. I'm, I'm, I don't. I never watched the show, so I don't know. I'll it. send it to you. It's great. Okay. <laughs> I'll post it on Facebook. I don't care. Anyways, but we need to do a werewolf episode or talk about a lovison or something. Yes, we we definitely do. I think that's a great. Uh, thing to add to our list and if you have suggestions listeners on any other crazy stories that we could do definitely we're open to hearing it this is basically the it it's probably a a pretty short episode this time because there's not too much crazy stuff about el cadejo besides cool dog things anyways 
thanks y'all for tuning in and actually listening to our show. Uh, I think we've decided actually on what our next episode's going to be. Episode what? Not nine, right? Because this is episode eight. Yeah, episode nine is going to be El Chupacabras. Yay, Chupacabras! I'm so excited. So we're gonna we're gonna stay a little bit outside of Mexico for a little bit, I guess. We're going to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, Mexicans think El Chupacabras is Mexican, so there's gonna be some battle going oh, on. Oh shit! Everybody knows it's from Puerto <laughs> Rico. Come on, Mexicans, get it together. Anyways, I don't agree. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll discuss it next episode. So. Again, thank you for listening. If you want to continue supporting us, please leave a review. Just let us know what you think. If you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. Also, please subscribe. So uh, you can also follow us on social media. Uh, on Twitter, we have monstra- at Podcast, Or you can email us at monstraspodcast at gmail.com. You can also go on our Facebook page. It just says Monstras Podcast, I believe is what our Facebook page is. We don't update it that much. Um, although I do put things that make me angry sometimes. It's great. But that's basically it. So any last words about El Calejo? Uh, oh, no. Uh, but watch the movie when I share the link. Y'all need to watch the movie. Oh, this battle between a furry yeah. and a segua. Basically, two furries, yeah. if you think about it, because she's a horsewoman. Well, she's a horsewoman, yeah. Support Latin American filmmakers. Go watch the movie. Yay! Online. Okay, good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, y'all. Bye. Bye.